Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. lessons the big story today I want to be talking uh, about God's divine plan and I am thankful to know that God has a divine plan and that we are not given to the whelms of this world and it's not the ebb and flow of the tide of life that determines where we are even here today but it is God's divine plan and uh, the scripture says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and I believe that we are in ordered steps today. And so with that kind of confidence, we approach the word of the Lord. In the book of Genesis, um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in Genesis 1 and verses 1 through 3. We're still having just a few little technical difficulties with our media. And so if you will, just, um, just turn there in your Bibles. If you have that a paper Bible or on your tablet or phone, whatever that may be. The book of Genesis 1 and 1, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. We know that this um, type of command would repeat itself some eight more times in this beginning book of Genesis that God would say and there would be and God said and God said and God said the word of God the power of the word of God John 1 and 1 talks about the word being among us the word was with God the word was God that word became flesh and dwelt among us I'm thankful for the power of God's word and I'm thankful for what's being and will be released here today because we are teaching God's word. This is not a book that we, that we have authored in a private room. These are not just a combination or a collection of thoughts that uh, we have. But this is the holy word of God that was given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as it moved on holy men. Amen. And they began to chronicle this. And so... Um, we look back at Genesis to the very beginning because this is where God's plan began to unfold, his divine plan. It's impossible for us to imagine the world and the condition that Genesis 1 describes it. Impossible. Because we can't imagine a world filled with darkness or a world that would be void or a world where there would be no form because all we know is the world as it is today. In the middle of that nothingness, I'm thankful that we find not just a God, but I'm thankful that we find a speaking God. Amen. A God with a word to say something, to bring order, to disorder through that spoken word. Without a doubt, I believe that one of the greatest things in this story 
is, is not the, the wonders of his creation. And I, I'm not wanting to take away from that. But I believe the greatest marvel of the story of creation is found in the fact that God exists. There is a God. Amen. And there is not a silent God, but a creating God. A God with the authority to speak into nothingness and fashion something magnificent. Amen. When you just think about, when you just think about, and I'm not trying to sound sacrilegious, but when you just think about how classy God is, when you just look at the, the sheen and the color of a feather in a bird, he left no stone untouched. The beauty and the majesty of God's creation. If you have had the privilege to travel even, even in the U.S. and you just see some of the wonders of, of, the, of the world that we live in. And I'm certainly speaking to people who have had a much broader scope than just traveling in the U.S. But some of you have traveled around the world. And, uh, and you have been able to behold wonders of the world. God's creative hand. And we think about God was taking nothing and he formed something so magnificent. At his command in Genesis 1 and 3, let there be light. Something dramatic happened. Something very powerful happened. It would have been a tremendous and, a, and an awe-inspiring thing if you and I could have had a front row seat to that, to just somehow watch all of this unfold from a distance, to look down to the void, to the darkness, to the nothing, and just watch God with his voice begin to create and speak things that were not into existence. He pushed light and darkness apart and he called one day and he called the other night. His plan now in motion, he began each new day with another chapter of his creation. He spoke to the water and he spoke to the sky to separate. He directed the rivers to their course as a matter of fact, he even said to the seas, you can come right here, but this is where it ends, and this is where it stops. The power of the word of God. Job, in his defense, he even made mention again of God's ability to command the sea. He said, where were you when these words were spoken? When the Lord said to the Pacific Ocean, this is where you begin, this is where it all settles, this is where it's going to stop, Amen. When the Lord spoke to those waters, he arranged them. He commanded the stars and they materialized and he placed them on his divine canvas that we call the sky today. Days four and five, God commanded the earth to bring forth life. His word commanded the earth to bring forth life. In obedience to that word, fish swam in the water and birds flew in the air. There were cattle and the Bible calls them creeping things and all manner of beasts on the earth. Amen, just think about that. Into this nothingness, amen, he begins to create and bring order to disorder. Amen, he brought all of this out of this void, separating day and night, putting the waters in their place, the stars in their place, and then he commands life to not only be in the air and on the earth, but in the water. Amen. Think about that command, and the earth was filled with life. Yet, in all of this wonder and in all of this splendor, there was something missing. It was at this point in creation that God said, let us make man in our image, and he did. Let us make man. God has a divine plan. He has a divine plan. 
playwright William Shakespeare likened the human experience to the stage. He likened life to seemingly follow the same pattern of the basic principles of a drama that would unfold. The curtain would rise, the action would build, whatever conflicts that arise during this uh, interim period would all be resolved, and in the end, the curtain would fall. Now, I'm not trying to oversimplify that at all, but in many respects, that's true. The curtain rises, the action builds, life has its peaks and its valleys, but at some point, the curtain falls. But this, I believe, is a tremendous snapshot of the human experience. We have been there to watch the birthing of babies, the curtain rising. Amen. We have watched people live their lives. We have watched them walk through various chapters of their life. And we have also been present when others, for them, it came their time to meet their maker and the curtain fell. Perhaps Psalmist David captured it from a better angle when he said in the 90th Psalm, verse 9, we spend our days as a tale that is told. And in truth, and in truth, that is a nutshell. We spend our days as a tale that is told. It depends on what perspective or from which angle you're viewing it. Life can seem like an eternity. It can seem one day at a time. It's like each day as long as eternity. But somewhere in your life, you reach a tipping point when you realize that life is not as long as you may have thought it was when you were eight or nine and you were waiting for your birthday to come or Christmas to come. And you realize that life is in fact what James referred to as a vapor. Amen. It is a fleeting moment. It is just passing through. It is just passing through. I have shared the story many times, but when Sister Dorothy Land was uh, just laying right at the edge of, of her own eternity, and she was just lay, laying in her hospital in a hospital bed in her living room, uh, my son and I stopped by there and. And uh, at first, she did not notice that he was with me. In a moment, she looked and realized that he had a, a Little League baseball uniform on. And she asked, where are you going or what's this all about? I said, well, we're on our way uh, to, to practice. And she said, you don't need to be here with me. You need to spend all, you time, all, you, the, all the time you can with him. And he, she said, because in 15 minutes, he's going to be a man. I've often reflected on that because, and I say this with great deference, Sister Donna, I say this with great deference to her grandmother, not trying to bring up bad images or that, or memories of that, but no doubt standing there looking at the inevitable crossing of her life, perhaps it's what it seemed like that her eight children in life, it was just a few moments. Now, it didn't seem like years, it didn't seem like decades or even months or weeks or it didn't seem like, it didn't even seem like days, but just in a few minutes, this is all going to come to a crescendo. And so we need to do all that we can. David said, our life is as a tale that is told. Amen. Now, if you just consider, and each one of us perhaps who consider our life as an individual story, we grow, we're born, we grow. Our life's journey, each of us have a race set before us, and that's why Paul said that we need to run the race that is set before us. We all have individual journeys, and so as we are born and we begin to grow, life's journey can, 
can at times take increasingly complex and even sometimes surprising turns. But all of these turns and twists and potholes seem to help us mature in those things. We build relationships and we give ourselves to various purposes of life along the way. In truth, each of us write our own life story with each new day and with every decision we make. We just wake one more journal into our life story. But while billions of individual stories are being written, a larger story in truth is being acted out in which all the characters of times past and times present are are acting. It is in that story that we turn, understanding that the big story that is the subject and the heart of the matter today has one main character, and that character is God Almighty himself. The big story also has one rule that we must grasp if we're going to understand the real crux of the matter. From the very beginning, God has always had a plan to have relationship with his creation. That was God's plan from the beginning. Amen. That's why we're here. That is why we're here because God wanted a relationship with the apple of his eye. Amen. The very gem of creation. And I think this is the most, perhaps the most fundamental thing that I could say to you at this point is that the very act of creation on the sixth day reflects how humankind would become the center player and the center point of his entire plan. God has a plan. Sometimes we are so busy living life just one day at a time, one minute, one hour at a time until we feel like we get lost in the big scheme of things and we find ourselves shocked and we find ourselves dismayed by sometimes the chapters of life that we happen to be walking through and we wonder what in the world is all of this about and how will it all come to an end? But we should always remember in the heart of every, at the heart of everything we're going through that God is in charge. He has a divine plan, a divine plan. Amen. God had a plan in place from the very onset. And so before our world fell apart, God had a plan. Before we had some kind of critical news brought our way, God had a plan. Before we ever stepped off into the abyss of this trial or, or tribulation, God had a plan. Amen. He always has had a plan. In Psalms 90 and 2, Moses declared God to be from everlasting to everlasting. We can depend on him. In 1 Timothy 1 and 17, Paul professed him as the king eternal and the king immortal. In Revelation 1 and 8, God declared himself to be timeless and everlasting. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that the God I speak about Amen. This self-existent God is not a God that is distant. He is not a God that has chosen to detach himself from the situation or our lives or even from the universe. Nothing could be further from the truth. Amen. God reigns in perfect and complete wisdom. His primary plan was launched at the creation of humanity. We're not serving a God today that when we pray, we hope he hears us. We're not serving a God today that when we read his word, we hope it's applicable to our lives. We're not serving a God that's moody. You ever met moody people? 
We're not serving a God that might be on today, might be off tomorrow. He may be into it today, may not be into it tomorrow, but we're serving a right now God, a right now God. Amen. A lot of you must know moody people because I see a lot of glances around. (laughs) Amen. I see a lot of you calling people out right now. Amen. He is not a God on today, off tomorrow, not a God up or down. Never know where you're going to find him. I don't know if I can talk to him about this today because the last time I talked to him about something, he kind of went off on me. No, that's not the kind of God. But we're talking about a God that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. A God that understands dejection, a God, rejection, a God that understands what it is like to be disappointed, a God that has been betrayed, a God that has believed in someone and they walked away from him. A God that only wanted him as long as he could provide fishes and loaves but wasn't there when it come time to really roll up your sleeves. He understands everything that we have ever been through. He knew what it was like to lose someone precious in your life. Amen. He knew what it was like to stand at the grave of Lazarus and weep over the loss of a friend. He understands every human emotion that we have ever experienced but one. God has never been surprised because he has a plan. God has a plan. Now, I've been surprised many times in my life. I've been downright shocked (laughs) times in my life. But I had to lean and understand God has a divine plan. There's a plan bigger than this. There's something going on. Far that has far more foundation than what I'm looking at. He has an, an, an eternal plan. Paul understood, and many others, but certainly Paul understood this grand plan, and that's why he spoke of it as revelation. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul said, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so as we begin to explore this month, as we begin to explore the big story with the appreciation for God and with both infinite a God that has both infinite power and infinite wisdom, a God who set in motion a plan of hope for you and I. So while God made many majestic creations, and he certainly did, amen, while he created many things that to this very day has caused mankind to stand in awe and wonder and if not even bewilderment at times, his crowning act of creation was you and I. Now let me talk to you about you and I. Amen. Not the color of your hair or your eyes. Amen. But his crowning act was humanity. And he created humanity with a free will and with a choice to love him. Now this is frightening and the air just gets a little sometimes sucked out of the room. Even though God had angels to worship him and creatures of every kind to reflect his craftsmanship, his final feat of creation was to make us humankind. God's creation of humanity was certainly an extraordinary thing. David said in the the 139th Psalm, in verse 14, he said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well, and that my soul knoweth right well. While God still does everything well, 
Amen. And while God can look at the end of the day and see his handiwork, he wanted something more. Not because God is lacking or not because we serve a needy God, nor is he incomplete without us. But out of his great love, hear me this morning, he chose communion with those who would have the choice as to whether or not to commune with him. Wow. Wow. See, he made the fish to swim and the fish swim. And they have to stay in that environment if they're going to live. And he made the birds to fly and birds fly, but they have to stay in that environment or they will die. Amen. On and on and on. We could use illustration after illustration of that, but to those, his, the apple of his eye, to humanity, amen, he wanted to commune with us. He wanted communication with us. And yet, Despite how much he longed for that, amen, he chose communion with those who could choose to not commune with him. Think about that. Amen. God gave us the power of our own self-will. He, we are created to worship him. We are created to love him and to magnify and rejoice in his presence. But he gave us the choice not to. Amen. Choice. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. While humans were the final thing God created on day six, he saved the best for last by all means. He chose us, and he still chooses us today. And so it's up to us to choose to follow him. I have to make that decision. Many people that the Lord loved have not loved him in return. Many people that the Lord has spoken to has not responded to that pull in return. Joshua called the Israelites together, and this was a very serious meeting. Amen. This is not a meeting where they were having tea and crumpets. Amen. This was not a meeting where banners were hanging and the band was playing in the background. But when Joshua called this meeting to order in chapter 24 and verse 15, Joshua was there to clear the air. And Joshua was there to settle a few things and to plant them deep within the concrete and the context of the day. He said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then Joshua, without any further uh, ado, said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because serving God is a choice. And it is a choice that we make every day of our life. Amen. Today I'm going to commune with him. Today I'm going to spend some time in his word. Amen. Our month of November, for the 30 days of November, we focused on 30 minutes of prayer every day. I pray to the good Lord you participated in that. Amen. It is not my job to crawl around in the hedges at night to see if you're praying or in the mornings to see what you're doing. We can challenge you, throw it out there, but I'm going to tell you, I believe that a good number of this church, hopefully everybody, but I believe a good number of this church got a hold of that because I feel the atmosphere. Amen. I feel an atmospheric change in the spirit world because God said, amen, you got to make up your mind. You got to choose what you're going to do. Amen. I gave you the will. I gave you the ability. I gave you the power to say yes or the power to say no. And you think, well, it wasn't a big deal. I'm just 
just kneeling and praying or ever how you pray. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, there's something that ignites in the heart of God when the apple of his eye said, I just came to talk to you today, Lord. I just stopped by. I just wanted to tell you that I love you. I just wanted to let you know what you mean to me. Amen. It moves the heart of God, but we have a choice to do that. And I'll tell you, part of what moves the heart of God by that is that he knows we have a choice. We didn't have to pray, but we did. We didn't have to praise, but we did. We didn't have to worship, but we did. We didn't have to spend time in his word, but we did. Not because it was a contest, not because a gauntlet was thrown down before us, but it was because we see the value in relationship with him. Amen. Jesus himself emphasized that each of us must choose how we're going to respond to the knock at the door of our hearts. Revelation 3 and 20. He said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Amen. God said, I'm going to stand at your door and I'm going to knock. Amen. I'm going to stand there and knock. Amen. If any man will hear my voice and if you'll just open the door, he said, I will come in. I will come in and I will sup with you and you with me. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that living for God is not a hard thing as a matter of fact living for God will be the easiest decision that you ever make in your life the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard amen it's a hard life to live on the other side of God's grace it's a hard life to live outside of God's mercy but I'll tell you today if we will just open the door and let him in he will come in and sup with us and we can sup with him Praise God. I think we ought to just lift our hands and love him right now for that wonderful privilege. Thank you, Lord, that you're still knocking on the heart door. Thank you, Lord, that you knocked on the door of my heart. Thank you, Lord, that you showed up this morning in this holy house and you didn't come here with just flash or pomp or circumstance but you came here today you came here today to knock on a heart's door I just implore you in Jesus name would you answer that call I want to encourage you today to open the door I want to encourage you today to hear the voice of God and to answer that door he longs to come in I'm going to tell you this morning it's not an accident that we're here and it's not an accident that you're here it's not by chance that this is a Sunday morning and we find ourselves but we've been praying for this moment we've been believing for this moment amen God has a plan and you sir are a part of that plan you ma'am are a part Part of that plan, would you open the door and respond to his spirit now? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We've been praying to that door knocking God. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, yes, we have been praying to that door knocking God. And we've been praying for him to knock at your heart's door. We've been praying for him to stir you in the middle of the night. We've been praying for God to whisper to you when the noise of your life is turned down and when the lights of your world have been turned out. We've been praying for God to stand at your bedside and trouble your sleep. Amen. Why? Because you've got a soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. We're not trying to pick on you. We're trying to reach you. Amen. We're not trying to disengage you. We're trying to engage you. Why? Because eternity is too long to be wrong. And we're going to spend eternity somewhere. I want to say like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve this Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. But I got to make up my mind. I got to choose. I got to decide. He gave us the power to choose. He gave us the power of choice. Oh, yes, he did. Praise God. My Lord, I feel something divine in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your divine presence. Amen. God, God made us in this dramatic opening act of this big story. He did not just make us as a trophy piece for a mantle somewhere, but we were designed with relationship and with purpose in mind. Praise God. This big story repeats its theme in every act. It is nowhere more evident than in this perfect paradise where the first family inhabited. The very act of God's creation illustrates intimacy, closeness, not a God at a distance, not a God at arm's length. For every other creation, God spoke a word and a creature appeared or a or creation, some creative act happened. God just said it and it happened. At the end result of a spoken word. But when it came to mankind, he changed his MO. He didn't just say, and I am led to believe from what I've read before in these preceding passages, that he could have. Brother Rayleigh just said, let man be and man would be. But you see, God had a different intent for this level of creation. Amen. And that was going to be intimate. Amen. God made his own people with his own hands. And the Bible says in Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Amen. He formed him of the dust of the ground. And then the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Amen. And man became a living soul. Now this was different than the separating of day and night. This was different than putting the stars in the place. This was different than speaking to the earth and, 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 the, uh, and, and eternity. This was different than speaking to the rivers and giving them their directive course and the oceans where they would spend the rest of their life. Amen. In the dust with his own hands, he formed man out of the clay. And then in even another level of intimacy, he bent down, knelt down, whatever you want to say, and into the nostrils he breathed 
breathed his breath. Amen. It was a very intimate thing. Amen. I don't don't take this wrong. I'm not talking about a sexual thing because that's where a lot of our minds go when in, in this world today when we talk about intimacy. I'm talking about closeness. I'm talking about relationship. He breathed life into the nostrils of mankind. And he became a living soul. Amen. I'm going to tell you today that God is, is in love with you. And he is in love with me. And he gave his life on a cross so that we could spend eternity with him. Not just come here and worship him during corporate worship services. He didn't just die for our sins so that we could, so that we could enjoy daily fellowship with him in our home or in our own prayer life. But do you know that with a divine plan, God understood that one of these days the curtain is going to fall amen my spirit will not always strive with man amen one of these days there's going to be a final curtain call and the dispensation of grace is going to be over and a dispensation of judgment is going to be coming and we are all going to stand before him every man woman boy and girl who has ever lived and we're going to have to answer for the choices that we have made in our life the choice he gave us in creation the choice he gave us at birth. I am here today not under duress. Amen. I am preaching today not because it's my job. I'm not here preaching and, and, and prevailing upon you today because I feel some kind of human obligation. I feel a spiritual obligation today to tell you that he doesn't want to just love you on Monday. He doesn't just want to love you on Thursday, but he wants you to spend eternity with him. Hallelujah. Because we're going to spend eternity so Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Amen, somewhere. I, I am not trying to sound crass this morning, but I'm going to tell you, and I have pointedly asked this church body this question on more than one occasion. I'm not, this, I'm not into shock value. I don't try to just say things for the sake of saying them. As a matter of fact, personally, I'm opposed to that kind of approach. Amen. But I ask you this morning, whether it shocks you or not, you'll have to decide. But I ask you, when is the last time you went to a funeral and somebody, I'm not, I'm not a for, let me just try to clean some of this up ahead of time. I know I'm not a judge, nor is no man the judge of somebody's life. Amen. But I ask you the last time you went to a funeral when not only somebody made it, but they made it, went there in a limousine, got a front row seat. Amen. Are you with me today? Amen. Nobody. When's the last time? Amen. That somebody said, I'm afraid that if I die tonight, I'm going to go to a devil's hell. It's because hell has lost its impact in our life. But the word of God said that she has increased her mouth without measure. Amen. That tells me somebody and not just a few are going there. Amen. So that means that I have got to make a decision. I got to make a choice. I'm going to tell you, we've been praying that the Spirit of God to get a hold of us. Amen. To get a hold of us as a church, that we live every day with eternity in mind. I'm going to tell you, it's more than a song to me, but above all else, I got to be saved. Above everything else, I got to make it. I can't help what somebody did to me. I can't help how somebody mistreated. I can't help how somebody abused or misused their power authority. One of the things I gotta do is account for me. In eternity, I'm gonna stand there. Amen, Kenny's not gonna be with me when I stand there. Chris is not gonna be with me when I stand there. Jack Reed's not gonna be with me when I stand there. I'm gonna have to give an account to God alone. I wanna love him today. Amen, I wanna love him today because I wanna live with him forever. God has a divine plan. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, 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 this is serious business. Souls are being weighed in the balances. Amen. One man sitting in the word of God, minding his own business, so to speak, and a finger reaches out and begins to scratch something on the wall. He could not interpret that, but he said, find me somebody who can. Find me somebody who can tell me this is more. There's something more to this. Tell me, find me somebody that can come tell me what this means. Amen. Some of you are familiar enough with the story. You know where this winds up. Amen. A man of God walked in, took one look at that. Amen. And he began to read those words on that wall. And he said, and here's what it means. You are weighed in the balances and you are found wanting. I'm going to tell you today, I'm not, I'm not for being radical. I'm not for being outlandish. But I'm going to tell you that when people say, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if this is necessary. I don't know if we should do that or we could do that or can't do that. I'm going to tell you not being radical or out of my mind this morning. I'm in my right mind. Amen. My, I've been in my right mind all morning, hadn't I? Amen. I'm in my right mind behind this pulpit when I tell you that I would rather have a truckload too much than a shovel full not enough. And to hear those words say they have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Amen. I might get to heaven and figure out I could have done a little bit more. But you know what? When I get there, it will not matter to me. I want to love him. I want to love him. Shoot, hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God places people over the living things and the earth itself. And the Bible says in verse 28 that God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God himself began this big story with a purpose in creation. It's not God just out here being flashy. This is not God in in some, some trivial sense of showmanship. Back up, guys. Let me show you what I can do. God has a divine plan. Amen. God gave his created family purpose and he gave them authority. And can I tell you today, he also gave you and I purpose and he gave us authority. Amen. And they worked together and communed together and they were all united in purpose. And then the curtain falls on the first act. Adam and Eve enjoy the serenity of the garden and they enjoy this intimate relationship with God because they yielded and joined God's plan. And so life for them was perfect. Because not they were not because his name was Adam, not because her name was Eve, not but it was because they yielded to God's plan. We conclude the first act with a, with with a takeaway that even in our day, our submission to God is God's master plan. Just do what God wants you to do. Paul Paul heard these words. It's hard to kick against the pricks. It's hard to swim upstream. It's hard to go against 
the nature of God. But when you walk in the nature of God, then you, you feel that hand of God's blessings upon your life. And, and so as a part of this big story, we have a role as his children with an inheritance. Just like Adam and Eve joined, enjoyed the blessings of God, we have the privilege of doing that today. We're his children, made by him, redeemed by his blood. We bear his name. Children are heirs with privileges. Galatians 4 and 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. <laughs> and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. My God, have mercy. As children, we have unfettered access to God. Amen. I, I hope you received this illustration, but I can remember when, when my son was small and and I can appreciate the reverence and the respect that even adults show if my office door is closed. And, 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 and so certainly in the mind of a child, you know, like going into the pastor's office, like going into the principal's office, not like where you want to be. And, and, and I can remember my son knowing that there might be a treat or something there in, in my office. He'd say, just come on in. He'd just open the door and come on in because he knew where the candy was. And I can remember some children, I wouldn't even be able to see who they are. He's standing, he's already in. They're still on the outside. He's saying, come on, come on. It'll be all right. Now, the way he walked in was one thing, and they're kind of coming in like, you know, I really belong in here. Is this where I should be? Now, I don't try to cultivate that atmosphere. As a matter of fact, that's why I keep stuff in there so that they don't feel that way. And I enjoy some of those snacks too. <laughs> Just keeping it real. But how he walked in and how they walked in because he was my son. And I know it's okay to walk in because I know where the bounty is. Come on. Come on. And you know what? I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but I feel that in my heart today. Amen. I feel like I just stepped into the door room of heaven. And I feel like saying, come on. Come on. I can appreciate your saying, are you sure it's okay? Yes, it's okay. Amen. Come on in. My dad won't care. Come on in. Amen. I feel like saying to, today, come on home. It's all right. Just come on home. But what about this? But what, it's all right. Just come on home because you see, I feel that intimate relationship with God. Amen. Psalms, he said in Psalms and in Proverbs, David and Solomon said, God hears and he responds to our cries. David said he hears them. Solomon said he responds. Amen. So not only is God willing to respond to our prayer, Amen. But he responds to our ultimate prayer. And that ultimate prayer is not God heal me. Not ultimate prayer is God I need this promotion. Amen. That ultimate prayer is not God heal my sick child. That ultimate prayer is not God heal my marriage. That ultimate prayer is God save my soul. Amen. If I don't have your blood applied to my life, I'm going to spend eternity in hell. Amen. The ultimate prayer. Amen. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Forgive of sins according to the riches of his grace not because you deserve it not because I deserve it not because I've done something to earn it but because he wants to commune with us God has a divine God has a divine plan 
Praise God. He has a divine plan. I'll ask our musicians to come if you will. Amen. But please don't, let's don't disrupt what God's doing right here. Amen. Just join what God's doing here. Amen. We've been given an invitation to choose him and ask for his grace. In addition to the blessings we have as God's children, he longs to include us in the, in, he longs to include us in the script of the big story. He longs to include us with an active purpose, not a bystander, not an onlooker. We not, have not been invited to watch the game of life. We've been invited to participate in the game of life. Immediately, God immediately involved Adam and Eve in his grand design. He gave them not only responsibility, but I think it's so important to understand he gave them authority. Of all the creation, God said, you're going to have dominion over that. And can I tell you today that God is not calling us into his family and just given us a job. But he has also given us authority. Amen. Today God still gives those who will, will yield to his calling and his purpose. Ephesians 2 and 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so in, 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 our, in our own everyday life. Our own everyday life speaks a very transformative testimony. I am not what I was by the grace of God. Now that doesn't mean that everybody in the church, everybody that professes to have the Holy Ghost are perfect. It doesn't mean that they don't have any flaws. It doesn't, but it does mean that we are walking in the right direction and we are striving for that. We are Reaching for that. And I'm going to tell you what would a hospital, if a hospital was only full of well people, it would be a hotel. And the staff would just be there to change sheets and to vacuum the floors. And, the, and that's all they would be there for. But a hospital is a hospital and it, and it is filled with needs. It is filled with people. Some of them may be fairly minor, but others of them far more critical. And so a church that is just filled with perfect people is probably just a social club. But when you look around and you see scarred people, when people stand and walk away and, and there's a little blood left on the pew where they were sitting, when they, when they walk past the, the wall and a little blood rubbed off on the wall where they walk past, you realize they're probably in the right place. They're not perfect, and we'll never be perfect. But that's why we're here. We're striving. We're reaching. We're asking God to touch us. We're part of God's plan. Let's stand together. Praise God. Praise God. We're part of God's divine plan. Amen. His divine plan. His divine plan was not just creation, but his divine plan was eternity in sight. With eternity in view, he gave us life with eternity in view. He reached down and pulled at our heartstring. Amen. He's pulling today. I feel something in the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel something that I don't think we can afford to walk through and walk past. I think we need to entertain this. I'm calling on the church now. I'm calling on some intercessors now. 
Amen. We need some spiritual bridge builders right now. Amen. You see, hell would like to disrupt. Hell would like to disrupt. Amen. The tug of God, the pull of God that we have felt so far in this service. Amen. And so I need somebody to help me build some bridges in prayer. God, help us today. Let the power of the Holy Ghost pull us. Amen. Please don't feel like you got to wait for some formal moment in the service to pray. If you feel an urgency to come down to the front and pray, you ought to come. If you feel an urgency to lift your hands and pray right where you are, I'm telling you that God can touch you and deliver you and feel you and strengthen you and direct you and guide you and encourage you right where you stand because he desires to have that kind of relationship with us. In the name of the Lord, my God, we need to love him. Come on, church. Amen. Come on, church. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.